Hi there, my name is Min, and I'm a tiny Vietnamese book, movie, and overall fiction lover. Welcome to the Mini Bookworm Podcast, where I give my honest mini reviews on books, comics, or TV shows that I've enjoyed recently. If you've just finished a book or series that you have lots and lots of feelings about, or if you're looking for some fun literary and media recommendations to delve into, then hopefully this podcast will be the place for you. Hi, bookworms and casual listeners. Welcome back to the mini bookworm podcast. And this week I have a modern, witchy, magical fantasy retelling of Romeo and Juliet. And it's a novel titled One for My Enemy by Olive Blake, who is actually a fan fiction writer that I discovered on Archive of Our Own through her Harry Potter fanfics. And oh my god, she is so so good. If you are in the Harry Potter fandom and you do actually read fan fiction, I would highly recommend her work. She's both on Archive of Our Own as well as fanfiction.net, which is the two sites that I most often use. And genuinely like you cannot go wrong with her fanfiction and as i discovered her original novels are also really really good so if you are interested in fantasy as well as you know love stories and star cross forbidden lover type things then you know hopefully you will enjoy this review so without further ado let's jump straight in what are children if not in some shape or form, extensions of their parents. This doesn't mean that children are and should ever be considered as property. There are individuals with personal freedom and indelible rights, and these should never fall under their parents' control. But no matter how much we may try to distance ourselves from the people who raised us, we will forever be molded and defined by them whether through our acceptance of their nurturing and teachings or through open opposition and rebellion, there is always a parental figure to which we look back at to determine our futures. At the same time, being an extension of someone else can not only be suffocating, but also agonizing, especially if we feel beholden to them, feel indebted from the unseen and unsaid responsibilities of the child to their happiness sometimes at the expense of our own. How long, then, do we have to uphold our parents' expectations if it is costing us, deeply and relentlessly? How long do you have to stay and wait until our parents say that we've done enough? Or until our fractured hearts can take no more? In One for My Enemy, Olivia Blake takes the classic tale of star-crossed lovers for a witchy, modernized spin, regaling readers with the story of two magical Russian families silently warring in the midst of bustling New York City. The feud between Baba Yaga and her seven daughters, the Antonovas, and Kashe the Deathless, and his three sons, the Federos, doesn't stretch back hundreds of years, but what it lacks in age and longevity, it makes up for in viciousness and brutality. Trapped, between the wishes of the two family heads and the gargantuan shadow empires that magical authorities have not yet been able to dismantle, the Antonova and Federer of progeny walk the perpetually paper-thin line of balancing private passions with public duties. However, when the two households reach a conflict that ends not in just financial, but also physical loss, 
the children will have to decide whether they are content remaining just as faithful sons and daughters, or if they are finally ready to put themselves and their interests first. I first found Olivia Blake through her Harry Potter fan fiction on Archive of Our Own, and I am not exaggerating when I say she is one of the best writers in the fandom that I've had the luck to discover. Blake writes like no one else I've ever read. With most authors, I can see small slivers of similarity between their books and others, either in terms of stylistic choice or narrative structure or plot devices. But Blake is truly in a lane of her own, which makes her work so exciting and fresh. My favorite fanfic by Blake is How to Win Friends and Influence People an alternate universe Dramini story that is thrice the length of a typical novel and five times as gloriously complex, and it's also the most like one for my enemy out of Blake's repertoire. That's not to say that the two are carbon copies of each other. I would actually go so far as to say that there are many parts of How to Win Friends and Influence People that are better executed than in her original book. World building isn't exactly a strong suit in One for My Enemy, differing drastically from Blake's fanfiction and her most recent novel, The Atlas Six, which is amazing breakdowns of magic's inner workings that make the book settings feel boundless even when the characters are confined to a single location. By contrast, One for My Enemy does incredibly little to explain the capabilities and limitations of the main cast's powers to the point where a key plot twist fell completely flat for me because it relied on magic theory that wasn't properly set up at the beginning of the novel. The plot too, while definitely intense and mysterious, never letting up on the brain-teasing intrigue of what's going to happen next, did not really match my anticipations because several parts felt unnecessarily expository providing background information when there didn't have to be any, and diluting key events with seemingly insignificant digressions. But despite its nebulous descriptions of the world, and the slightly lackluster plot at some points, this novel still hit the mark for me because of the two core elements that it does share with Blake's fanfiction. Beautiful prose, and startlingly lucid emotional depth. The word that most accurately encompasses Blake's writing is grandiose, but it is grandiose in the best possible way. One for My Enemy is a sweeping, lyrical retelling of Romeo and Juliet that is somehow both less and more tragic than its Shakespearean roots, thanks in large part to Blake's masterful use of language. Her prose embodies a sort of melodic intensity that makes the story seem magnified and glittering and edged all at once, managing to find the sweet spot between being overly florid and pretentious and being just detailed and clever enough for the audience to marvel at all the nuance and wordplay. Personally, I don't believe that this quality is always a good thing, not all stories benefit from being so exaggerated and sensationalized since you run the risk of losing relatability and connection to the readers. But perhaps due to the theatrical nature of the source material, the elevated drama in Blake's writing works well to emphasize the underlying trauma in the overall story while still maintaining the blazing rays of hope that prevent the novel from getting inundated with doom and misery. 
Blake also has a killer instinct when it comes to dialogue. Even when her conversations aren't completely realistic, ringing more fictionalized than natural, this doesn't seem to create any issues because Blake's scripts always fit perfectly with the atmosphere of the moment, creating memorable quotes that could absolutely pass for the 21st century prose equivalents of Shakespeare's famous soliloquies, like this one that I'm about to read for you guys. <clears throat> Here goes. Write me a tragedy. Write me a litany of sins. Write me a plague of devastation. Write me lonely. Write me wanting. Write me shattered and fearful and lost. Then write me finding myself in your arms, if only for a night, and then write it again. Write it over and over until we both know the pages by heart. Yet, the main reason why Blake's aggrandized language doesn't feel out of place and the essence of what makes one of For My Enemies stand out in my reading list is the way the novel heart-wrenchingly portrays love and pain. The book features romance and grief often in the same breath, contrasting the various hues and shades of the two with stunning clarity. The affection of a partner against the devotion of a child, the anguish of witnessing a relative's demise against the sorrow of watching one's youth and innocence disappear into history. What Blake truly excels at is extremes, the very pinnacles of emotion, the highest euphorias and ecstasies accompanied by the lowest depressions and despairs. As the book's characters struggle with vengeance and morality, obligation and independence, Blake tugs at the most primal feelings, draws them out fervently, frantically, forcefully, and drowns you bodily in them giving the characters a rawness and vulnerability that makes them come vividly alive. Given the cast's perfect appearances and personalities, they could have easily ended up basic Mary and Marty stews, but with Blake's finesse with emotions, she avoids the trap of writing cardboard cutouts and instead writes flawed, if a little fantastical, humans. The love stories of One For My Enemy are also amazingly supercharged tinged with desperation and longing and need, and the perfect combination of hurt and healing that makes love so intoxicating and yet so potentially damaging at the same time. Being immersed in them gets you to wonder whether you will ever have that much passion and ardor, not in the teenage infatuation way of the first Romeo and Juliet, but in a more entrenched, soul-binding way. The beauty of One for My Enemy, then, is mired predominantly in its amplification of regular sentiments into works of art and its ability to move audience without having to be fully grounded and practical. Overall, even though One for My Enemy has problems of blurry world-building and sometimes extraneous plot points, it is a wonderful present-day ode to the star-crossed lover's trope and the highlights of classic theater. Its writing is jaw-droppingly gorgeous, and the sheer depth of its invoked emotions will likely compel you to stay for the ride. If you're looking for a book that will make you laugh and bawl and simply feel, this novel should do the trick. And that is the end of my review of One for My Enemy by Olive Blake. Thank you so much for being here and listening in on this week's episode. If you have any thoughts about the book itself, Olive Blake's fan fiction and work, if you've read it, um, any recommendations as to what I can review next, either 
comics or books or movies or TV shows, you know, anything of that kind, uh, please let me know through my email or my Instagram. And yeah, thank you again so much for being here. I really appreciate it. And you guys know that. And hopefully you'll stay tuned for next week's episode. Bye! 